Cape Talk. WhatsApp 072-567-1567. Ian Benner is the promoter of the Cape Town Prix. joins you on the line now as it is 25 minutes before we get to the top of the hour. Ian, I'm, 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 I'm still excited. It feels so surreal to have been watching visuals, even on TV, even on the big screen, of Cape Town looking so stunning while hosting a successful event. Good morning. Uh, very good morning to you and to your listeners. Ian, let's talk about the event yesterday. I mean, how, how are you feeling as, as, as an event promoter? Yeah, delighted. It was a big lift. Uh, it's a massive scale. I think people that watch the race either themselves or on television will realize you're dealing with a large area. It's a complicated site because there's so many different uh, owners, etc., etc. It is a city, Cape, city of Cape Town precinct, but events going on that you've got to work around. But thanks to a great team, we got there, and I'm very proud of what you've done for South Africa. I mean, tell tell us about some of your highlights uh, for yesterday and maybe the days before. I'm sure there's there's some moments where you went, "Oh my goodness." I'm pleased to say, I mean, I'm an eternal optimist. There were many, many challenges along the way. Um, very few people, other than myself, believe that this would ever happen. But you've just got to keep ticking the box one tick at a time. And, the, you know, the biggest highlight for me is a very safe event that organizationally went smoothly. There were no big issues at all from a production perspective. Um, it was dramatic on the racetrack. It is the fastest circuit on the entire global series. It was a handful for the drivers ultimate risk and reward. The two overtakes that Felix da Costa had mm, mm, mm. won the race were, they were, they were 10, 11 out of 10. I mean, the risk he took there, he could have been, he could have lost it in a moment. He just needed to hit a little dirt on a corner. He would have been gone. So would, uh, uh, Jean-Eric Verne. They would have both gone and he pulled it off and you know, that it's risk, sheer risk and reward. And he was rewarded in this instance for, doing the unthinkable and, you know, pulling off those two maneuvers that from a racing, a purist perspective, are dreamlike. I must tell you that one of those overtaking incidents, I, I had my eyes closed. I couldn't watch. I said, no, he is definitely going to crash here. But Ian, from your side, I mean, what sort of feedback have you had from uh, the drivers and the public? Well, you know, Nelson Piquet, a former championship winner, he, he won the very first Formula E race. He was commentating yesterday for him to say, this is my favorite race ever on the Formula E circuit is about as much endorsement as you could wish for. They all absolutely loved it. The fact that it's a risk reward, it's fast, is so much, it's so much of a challenge for the drivers because you, you are wanting to take advantage of the speed, but at the same time, uh, it's a fine, fine line in motor racing. And that's where it's no surprise that the two veterans of the sport came first and second. Those guys have got serious experience of, I think, 108 and 102 races under their belt. You know, experience does count. Um, but the youth of a Finestra, the youngest guy, you know, who goes out on the last lap, he was phenomenal. He got pole position. He's a talent for the future. Incredible. Poor old Kelvin van der Linde, our own boy, not even getting a chance to race. Kelvin is very uh, talented and he's just learning about Formula E having had a chance to race in both uh, races in Dury and in Hyderabad. Talking to him was fascinating. 
poor Jaguar. You know, I owned James Barclay from Port Elizabeth and grew up and went to, he's a Pretoria boys high guy, you know, running a super quick car with two outstanding drivers for the third time, just not getting the rub of the green, bad luck for him. They will bounce back. I mean, the Jaguar powertrain is working efficiently. The cars are running well. Um, Nick uh, uh, Bird, Sam Bird is very, very quick. Uh, he got knocked out, uh, couldn't race. And then Mitch Evans was lying fourth and then got a penalty uh, for power, you know, a, a power, an overpower situation, which was not controlled by either he or the team. It's when the car lifts off the ground, the inverter produces more power than is permitted and you get a penalty. So James has had, I mean, all, so much to talk about. I could keep you busy all morning. <laughs> no, most definitely. You joining on, on, on the show, it's 20 minutes before we get to 9 o'clock. Ian Banner is the promoter of the Cape Town Epre, a very successful event that had us gripped all the way uh, yesterday here in Cape Town. And of course, Antonio Felix Acosta, as Ian mentioned, uh, winning the race after mm, some intense driving that was taking place. Maybe you were there, maybe you have a question for Ian. Would love to hear uh, from you. Ian, uh, just in, in, in particular, I know that you know, when I listen to you talk about electric vehicles, you can feel the passion coming through. But what does an event like this do, you know, to put South Africa, Cape Town on the map around the conversation of electric vehicles? Well, I can tell you that I honestly have taken this challenge on and it's a massive, massive challenge to try and do something positive for our beautiful country. It is about time we spoke about good stories and not about all the negative nonsense, the lack of belief. We have a great country. We have great people. And just, we've just got to get belief back into the system. And we will start doing great things again. And I think hopefully this demonstrates what's possible. But behind this race, which is a showcase of all things e amazing sustainability, net zero, is our backstory of purpose. And that's where we want to be a workshop rather than a talk shop. So we hosted for three days a summit called Africa's Green Economy Summit. We had 400 delegates. We had the former head of climate change for the World Bank who helped us shape the program. Um, And that is where we were connecting global capital with African green opportunity. That has a massive future. I want that to be the equivalent of the mining in Derby in the future for the green economy. We launched uh, our electric festival, which was right there in the race precinct. All things e cars, bicycles, one wheelers, scooters, um, charging solutions, off-grid charging solutions, microgrids. Believe it or not, produced by my, by Eskim that everybody obviously derives <laughs> because we're all sick and tired of. But here we have Nick Singh <laughs> at Eskim producing an amazing microgrid. You know, it produces 150 kilowatts of power and currently is powering 50 homes in the Northern Cape that have never had power before. And those can be replicated at 1% of the cost of what it is to build a coal-powered fire station. So there's so much potential to turn this problem around. It is not rocket science. We need an enabling environment. The government is failing us dismally uh, nationally. But fortunately, in the Western Cape and in the Cape, we've got an incredible uh, uh, provincial authority in the form of the Western Cape government led by Alan Wendy. He's been an absolute delight together with his team to work with. And the city of Cape Town is truly shining under Jordan Hill Lewis and J.P. Smith and others, not just at an events level. 
power issues. Michael Schmidt was incredible getting the roads built. Uh, Rob and Ben were two guys, Rob Locher, they worked with us to get the roads done in record time. Uh, former Mayor Dan Plato was exceptional. And I, I really am not saying it as a promotional kick for them. It, it is true. The city is working. We've got to keep at it. We've got to keep pushing. And we can do even better. Yeah, there's a, there's a message coming in from Steve in Neisner. says, well done on the organization and a brilliant event. Saying, however, I could not find any reporting on this event on any Formula E or any of the major world sports sites, uh, BBC Sports, uh, to name a few. Uh, nothing but plenty of Formula One. Saying that a lot of work needed to, sp- needed to, needs to be done to spread the word. And also asking, why are the races only 45 minutes? Well, the first thing I want to say is that people out there who say that they haven't heard about Formula E or there's no reporting, I would be delighted to help them find the places to, to watch it. We had 26,000 people sold out two, three days in advance. I think next year we'll sell 40,000 tickets. And we are building a new sport. You must remember there's a lot of work to be done. It's a brand new sport. It's only nine seasons old. So we don't have all the answers at this stage, and we will do better on numerous fronts in the future. We will look at that. But it was televised on ETV, which is free to air. It was televised on Supersport pay-per-view. Having a terrestrial and a pay station broadcasting live, I'm not sure how much better we can do than that. Radio supported us extensively, extensively. So uh, that's that. The second part of the question, just remind me, please. Is asking, why is the race only 45 minutes? There's a simple answer. You've got the qualifiers throughout the morning structured in such a way to provide a day of entertainment. And that is a shootout format, which leads to, you know, a semi-final and a final, which is providing entertainment. The battery power is limited still in these cars. It's double what it was when they started the race and had two cars. The, The battery and running at those speeds and with that demand the batteries has a kilowatt uh, capacity of 600 kilowatts, fed from a 350 kilowatt motor in the front of the in the back of the car, which is the part of the powertrain, and a 250 kilowatt regeneration uh, electric motor in the front of the car. So, it's a simple formula of mathematics. You you know, there will a time will come where you can run uh, you know for longer, but for the moment, that's we're at capacity. So talking about the event, uh, many people saying they're hoping that it's not a once-off event, and I believe we're hosting it for the next five years. That's the plan. We have signed a five-plus-five-year contract. We need some nice corporate support going forward. This is an expensive exercise, but with all the development work that I spoke of, our purpose, we've launched Go Green Africa. We have a platform that's going to run 365 days a year, and then we'll have the race as a celebration. So. We'll sort out the funding, I'm sure. My intent is to have it here for the next 20 years. And lastly, Ian, what's next for Ian now? What's <laughs> up and coming now? Because we're looking forward to what's next mm-hmm. now. Well, I can tell you, a tiny mini regroup, a strong do's and don'ts, <laughs> uh, you know, goods and bads, reflection on to document exactly what was great, what wasn't. More importantly, what was. I always like to look at what didn't work as well as we'd like it to work. The good stuff takes care of itself so that we can grow it into an even bigger and even more exciting event in the future. What's next? Well, how about World Rally Cross next up in October? We'll talk about that in due course. Thank you so very much, Ian. Thank you for joining us on the show. I don't know if you have any parting words for the listeners. 
folks, E, just want to say to all the petrol heads out there, I love petrol cars. They've been a big part of my life. I worked in Formula One for a number of years. Is not the future, it's the present. The only thing holding us back is legislation, taxation in this country. We've, we've fixed that problem. These cars are more efficient. They are more friendly. Yes, you do have a deficit for the first third of the life because of the, the battery production, but the reuse of the batteries is getting better. 97% of the battery gets reused. So forget, I mean, keep your beautiful, you know, petrol-based cars in the garage for Sundays and Saturdays and for fun. But to get around efficiently with no, you know, with amazing torque, no, no gearing required, better turning circles, a great driving experience. I've been driving an electric car for five years. I've had lots of great cars, best car I've ever had. Fantastic. Ian Benner, thank you so very much for joining us on the show. Ian Benner, who is the promoter of the Cape Town E-Prix, taking us to 47 minutes after 8. Maybe you at home were, were there. Maybe you were there. Maybe you were watching the E-Prix. Maybe you saw those never-wrecking over, <laughs> overtakings in the race. I. It was beautiful to see. It was stunning to see Cape Town, you know, from an aerial view, Greenpoint Stadium, just the circuit itself. Also, just the numbers of people coming in to watch the race. Oh, well done, Cape Town. Well done to everyone that was involved.